Welcome back to Primetime KC. It is Super Bowl week, Super Bowl 58. The Chiefs and 49ers set to take on each other in Las Vegas this Sunday. Chiefs looking to get their third ring under Mahomes. Niners looking to get their first ring since the 1990s. Doesn't really feel like that. They're a pretty good franchise, but they have not been able to get over the hump. And Kansas City's partly responsible for that in the past. We're going to dive into all things Super Bowl, go over... In-depth, every matchup, some funny odds, Gatorade, coin toss, bullshit like that. We're just going to shoot the shit, do all of that. And then, of course, once we're done doing that, we have some Royals news and some positive, positive Royals news. Bobby Wood Jr. (laughs) has been extended for 11 to 14 years, up to 14 years, at least 11 years. Uh, uh, it good. could just be it could be years. seven. It could be seven. Eleven years of guaranteed money if he wants it. Let, let's just put it at uh, that. Um, seven years. Seven to fourteen more years of Bobby Wood Jr. Seven years he has to be here. So we're just going to put it at that. But we will get into that towards the end of today's show. Let's start it off with the Super Bowl, obviously, because that is the most important thing currently in Kansas City and in just the sports world. Last week, I know we were all feeling pretty confident. But as we inch closer, the nerves start to get a little, you know, they start to kick in a little bit. Is anybody mm-hmm. starting to, to waver at all, or do we still feel pretty confident this week? You got to feel confident going into this kind of game. Yeah, I would say, uh, man, I'm, I still feel confident. I would say my, I'm, I'm kind of in the same level I was when we last talked here. I would say the only thing that my confidence has dropped in is that Kadarius Tony got on the plane and went to Vegas. I um, <laughs> was really hoping that didn't happen. Um, but, yeah, uh, other than that, I'd say I'm kind of similar. Um, it always it always is like I enjoy the two weeks of the Super Bowl just because it's like you want to enjoy it, right? Like you made it, you're celebrated for two weeks, you get to be there, all the media and stuff. And then it gets like Saturday or Sunday-ish, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, we're about to play in the Super Bowl. This is stressful as hell, and you just think of, like, all the breaks that went your way to get there, and you're like, God, we cannot, cannot lose this game. Like, for the love of God, please do not lose this game, because you see what happens. I mean, look at look at Philadelphia, man. They lost last year. Everyone, oh, they'll, they'll, they'll be back. <laughs> well, they, they fell off a cliff. And then, and then the Bengals, when they lost the Super Bowl, they'll be, they'll be back. They, they haven't been back yet. And, I mean, I know that we were able to accomplish it, but just the journey of getting here is so ridiculously hard, and I think this year proved that more than anything. It would just be a kick in the nuts to lose this game. Yeah, I think yeah. that's kind of what I've come to realize, too, is like, if we lose this game, everything we went through this year was for nothing. Yeah, that's like, bullshit. This whole... That's bullshit, but go ahead. Well, you know what I'm meaning? I'm like, we didn't expect to be here. And it's like the fact that we got here, we were hyping ourselves up to like be like, oh, we can win this game. Which we can't. Don't get me wrong. But I'm like, if we lose this game, I'm just going to be like, shit. Yeah, I think, hmm, I think one big part of it is just the idea of saying out loud – like Brock Purdy beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I think that's always a scary consideration when you consider how easy this loss will be to swallow. But I think it's weird because we spent the last two weeks, I don't want to say with low expectations, but with at least reasonable ones, right? I I definitely talked about how the Ravens was 
the AFC Championship, I think I'd be able to handle the lose the most of all six we've played in. Um, maybe even felt different with that as that game like got kicked off. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think it feels a lot like a winnable opportunity. You look at you know the one Super Bowl we did lose, and I think we kind of reflected on that one, saying you know there wasn't a lot we could do with the hand we were dealt. And I don't think that's really the case in this Super Bowl. I think there's a huge opportunity to, um, I mean, really take control of the game. So, yeah, I, I think it would be very disappointing to not get the result here. Obviously, not to hate on the Niners. Great team, and they are favored. But I think the way I'm viewing the game at the moment is that this is a game the Chiefs should win, and they should be very disappointed to lose, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about it, and it's like, I think you lose to a good team in the Super Bowl, such as, <clears throat> like, Philly last year, or if it is San Francisco this year, I feel like it's easier to live with than it would be the Super Bowl against Tampa, where you just, from the jump, never really had a good shot. Your offensive line, which, to be fair, all of us going into that game thought we were going to win that game. We were all yes. naive, we all bought the, the hype. In reality, if we took off our bias glasses and looked at the starting offensive line, we probably would have come to the conclusion it could be a long night for the Chiefs, and it was a long night for the Chiefs. Did you not pick the Buccaneers in that game, though? I'm not forgetting here, right? You picked the Bucs, no? I think I did. I think I did. But I think the overwhelming – what I'm saying is the overwhelming majority of Chiefs fans really thought they were going to win that game. And even Yes, we definitely did. I'm pretty sure the Chiefs were favored in that game. I'm – Yep. Yes, they were. they were. I know for a fact. They um, were. I know they were favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, like that one kind of hit everyone like a truck, where everyone was like, "Oh shit!" Like we did not expect this to happen, and I didn't expect them to get their ass kicked, even though I picked Tampa to win. Um, this week, in really the last two weeks, and there's I've just seen a lot of delusional confidence within the fan base of like. Oh, yeah, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Like, oh, yeah, like, come on. Like, it's Brock Purdy. Oh, well, yeah, we've got this. We're going to win the Super Bowl, which is, like, fine. Like, I want you to – I'm confident in the Chiefs. I support them, obviously, and I'm going to back them, and I'm going to, you know, believe in them. But, like, I just feel like the last time the fan base was this confident heading into a Super Bowl, they got hit with an absolute truck. I agree. And it's just nerve-wracking. Obviously – there's nothing as a fan you can do about it, but I do think people are, you know, we've gotten to the point in the fan base where it's like, well, Brock Purdy sucks. Well, yeah, like everyone's kind of acknowledged Brock Purdy sucks, and they're still here in the Super Bowl, and they still have yet to be underdogs in a single game. Like everyone kind of knows Brock Purdy's not very good, and they're still here. So, I mean, like people are kind of discrediting them and they're like oh you know like kids city we've got mahomes they've got purdy this is you know we've got this and and to an extent i agree with that but man i do just think some people in the fan base some people's got to temper it down a little bit because i don't like how confident some people in the fan base have gotten uh i think this niners matchup is a lot tougher than some people are giving it credit for Uh, you know i agree with like the um, the sentiment of that which is that yeah like the the matchup is not extremely unbalanced i don't think anyone's really arguing that like and with good faith i think i really like the way our fan base has reacted to this though because the context of this one is i mean look 
everybody that is doesn't identify as a Chiefs fan, from what I can tell, is cheering for the 49ers. I think that's kind of fostered the environment that we've seen from the fans and from the players a little bit. They got booed walking out at Media Day last night, which was amazing. It was um, amazing. And to be honest, I think that maybe is irrational as it is, but watching them walk out getting booed and like Mahomes and Kelsey like laughing and smiling, I, there's been fewer moments that have made me more confident we're going to win a game than that one right there. Like, how often do you see the team that? is being, you know, treated like that, lose. I, I've seen it happen to the Patriots a number of times, and at the end of the day, they're 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 waving goodbye. So I think I think it's good us for us as a as a fan base to take like the the confidence role and maybe even the like arrogance role here. Um but I do agree with what you're saying, Jackson. I mean this this is a good, a great football team. Every position outside of quarterback um is at best, like acceptable, and they're very stellar in certain areas. Um, but yeah, also exploitable in, in certain ways too. I, I'm very excited to see how this one goes. I I do think the Chiefs are the better team here, though. I I, I still hold the opinion that the the Niners being favored is it, it's a head scratcher. I, I I'm a bit confused by it, to be honest. Let me let me hit you with a take that I got from a a, a, a guy who's a Giants fan, not even a Chiefs fan. The, mm-hmm. He he texted me the other day and he goes, he he said it's a scorching hot take. He thinks this Chiefs team's better than last year's Chiefs team. And that is way too hot of a take. I kind of like felt like Josh immediately after I read it, but the more I think about it, it's not crazy to say if they win this Super Bowl but that this team was better than last year's team. I don't think it is either. I don't. Our think defense don't think is ten times better than last year. Don't exactly. Get me wrong. Yeah, I our think offense, that's where... our offense hasn't changed. So I mean, I guess when you look at it, yes, it seems better, and our offense. We didn't lose anybody. Is what I meant to say. Our offense I'm... has changed. They haven't cut the ball. I, I think the offensive line is probably the area that maybe has the most stark drop off. That or the receiver position. Um, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Chiefs' offense is the same. It's definitely been no. worse. I think even that performance in the Ravens game kind of backed that up, but. I, I just don't see this Chiefs defense. I think this this year's Chiefs team, um, Super Bowl 57, is a drastically different game if this is the team playing in it. Um, I just don't like them to make as many mistakes as the Chiefs defense made in last year's Super Bowl. Yeah. And I think that's one big factor for me this game is the Packers and the Lions both failed to capitalize on Purdy making mistakes. And I think a big key to this game is that the Chiefs defense – rarely just lets teams get away with that. We didn't let Lamar get away with it last week. Our backup safety got, uh, you know, the big interception to win us the game. And then our star safety made an unbelievable play to, to, you know, give us a boost. Um, And yeah, I think, I think when you look at the way we play in the AFC championship, it's not a crazy take at all, but it is tricky because the offense is definitely worse. So it's a hard comparison, but I, I think, I think if you were setting a line between this year's team and last year's, I think it would be one point either way. It's not it's not stark, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so kind of speaking of positions and stuff, we're going to go over each position with the Chiefs and Niners, and we're going to go over who we think has the edge at each position. We're going to go from, obviously, quarterbacks to the special teams to and then we'll end it with head coach. Uh, and I'm just kind of interested to see how you guys feel about the matchup in general. 
So we can just start at the top at head coach, and I think all three of us would take Andy Reid over Kyle Mm -hmm. Shanahan in that spot. Kyle Shanahan has a terrible, terrible, terrible Super Bowl track record. Um, It goes past the the one Super Bowl that he lost against us when he was offensive coordinator with the Falcons, of course, when they blew that historic lead. Um, So, yeah, I think, obviously, clean sweep would go with Andy Reid over Kyle Shanahan. I would agree. I I do say, I will say, Kyle Shanahan has to be looked at, though, as a top-five coach in the NFL in general. Maybe top three, in my opinion. I mean, you can't let his coaching skills go undenied. That needs to be known. I get Super Bowl hasn't been the best, and the playoffs haven't been the best, but it's like they keep making it back to the playoffs and the NFC Championship year after year. It's because they have a good coach. And the reason Brock Purdy's been getting all this praise and everyone's saying, well, you have to look at Kyle Shannon and how he can manage this game. Like, you have to give Kyle Shannon some some praise. Sure. I mean, yeah, he's he's a good head coach. He's not incompetent. Um, you know, but I do think that he is a, a tier below Andy. And, and, and to be completely honest, I think I'd put him in a tier below a guy like McVeigh. And maybe if he wins this ring, then I kind of put them back in the same Maybe I, you know, group them together, but I think he's a little bit below a guy like Sean McVay even. So this is this is a big game for Kyle. This is a huge game for Kyle Shanahan's legacy. Not that it's not for Andy's. Obviously, adding another ring is, you know, important to his ultimate legacy. But um, I think this is really the pressures on Kyle Shanahan in this spot. Um, okay, so that that obviously agreed with uh, one that's probably even easier to agree with quarterback. Obviously, I mean. Yep. Not not really needed. Not really needed to be discussed. So we're, we're just going to go past quarterback. Obviously, there's not a matchup in the NFL that you'd take another team's quarterback situation over Kansas City's. So uh, we'll move on to running back. And I think this is the first one where we're probably going to have to give the edge to San Francisco. Yep. Yeah, you have to give it to San Fran. I will say. That's no disrespect to Pacheco. I will say, if you're taking it depth. I think it's closer. I think you have Pacheco. Actually, McKinnon comes back. Really? Pacheco, McKinnon, Clyde. I mean, they have McCaffrey well, and then, what, Elijah Mitchell? Who's not bad. If you're so. saying, uh, I mean, is, isn't Elijah Mitchell better than Clyde? And we're looking at yes, McKinnon probably not playing. So, I thought McKinnon was playing. McKinnon has a shot to play. I saw him in a – I saw a tweet that he's probably not going to play, but we'll have to see. I mean, and even then, I mean, me it's, yeah, I was going to say – He'll give it to San Fran. Yeah. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, last week kind of uh, kind of gave us a vintage Clyde performance. Not going to lie to you. <laughs> After a really good week in Buffalo, too. That's the funny part. After he, always, he made one good play in Buffalo. <laughs> that dude always plays good against Buffalo, bro. <laughs> dude, that's all I'm saying. It, it Clyde just needs one good play, and it's a good week for him. Honest to God. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, We're going that's to group. not one of them good problems. I honestly just think it's I I think it's fair now to group wide receiver and tight end into the same group. We'll just call it pass catchers. No, 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 no. How? <laughs> like what does Because I think San Fran's better in the wide receivers and we're better in tight ends, therefore But like what, what do you say? Like, Kelsey in is like better than Kittle, yeah, at catching the ball. I mean we're talking yeah. from a pass catching perspective. You throw him I mean, in with the pass. Sure. 
Fine, we can separate I, them. I just thought they had. I mean, I don't think it's that big of a difference, but okay. I, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it's just the distinction needs to be made because if we do just yeah. pass catchers, I mean, I think we're all going to agree it's the Niners, right? I, yeah. you know, Debo and Ayuk would be firmly wide receiver one and two for the Chiefs. I don't think anyone would dispute that. Yeah, Rasheed Rice and, would be wide receiver three, but it's not. We're not dissing on them. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, but no, and so, at the same time, you have the. The Kadarius Tony problem on the Chiefs, <laughs> which is a negative point. So you have, yeah, I mean, San Francisco, it, we'll just keep it at wide receivers. They are clearly better at wide receiver. Even okay. a guy that, well, like, here. sorry, go ahead. Even I'll a guy that me. I don't think gets enough credit within their offense, Jawan Jennings, I think he does a lot for that offense that he really doesn't get a lot of credit for. He's a very, he's a really viable number three receiver in that offense. And, it just makes it a pain in the ass when you have to worry about Debo and Ayuk, and then you have a guy like him who's capable and himself able to make plays uh, whenever he has to. He had that ridiculous one-handed catch against Detroit. I don't know if you guys remember that, but he had that just absolutely yep. insane one-handed catch. Like a number three receiver shouldn't be making that catch, but yep. he's he's been he's been a productive receiver for this year. Uh, and then uh park hill native ronnie bell i was gonna say we have a kc native on the uh on the niners uh funny someone from kansas city is gonna be winning a ring that's all we know he has a funny stat line this year he has six catches and three touchdowns so uh well that's insane let's sure hope that i'm not a big fan of that guy so uh yeah hopefully he does not hopefully he goes receptionless in this one but yeah I, i think you have to give it to san francisco even though kansas city's receiver core has stepped up in the postseason. MVS has been good. Rasheed Rice has been, like, even better than he was in the regular season. He has been so, so good in the postseason for us, really, at all yep. three games. Like, it, not as much in Baltimore. Got quieted a little bit there. But against Buffalo and Miami, that dude was just so incredibly important to the offense. Uh, yep. Okay. While we're at the wide receiver, real quick, it are we – does anyone even have an explanation for, like, why Kadarius Tony's like – been with the team, I, I'm I'm pretty. I think he's. I think he's going to play, which is scary. I, I don't get I it though. I don't yeah. get it. Why? Like, did the, surely the Chiefs are aware of the Instagram live? Like surely they're yeah. aware that it happened. Did you yeah. see him say that the reporters or the news is trying to like make it sound like I was trashing the Chiefs? I'm like, brother, you, you were. were. You literally Dude. were. But like, I don't I, get it. I just I don't get how you can tell whether I don't know who his intended audience was, whether it was the fan base or the team, but I don't know how you can tell either of those groups to suck your dick and just be allowed to come back, especially after the way he's performed this year. Um, I think it's pretty surprising. And we had him walking around yesterday at media day being an absolute jackass. Yeah. Uh, said he's the best wide receiver in the league. Um, <laughs> uh, I, Bro, I just don't, a... I don't really, I guess the only thing is, the Chiefs know they have two plus one more years of Kadarius Tony, or one one plus one more years of Kadarius Tony, whatever he is on his contract. Um, so they're not trying to burn the bridge, but man, I don't give a I shit. Mean, I would have, I would have, I genuinely first day of the offseason would have just cut the fucker. Like, I, I, there's not a cap hit. That's it's not a big cap hit. I would have just after that Instagram yep. live, I'd have been like, all right, bro, we stood behind yep. you all season. You were terrible. You costed us multiple games. We never publicly, I mean, we did, but the team never publicly came out and bashed you. And that's how you, like, just get the hell out, bro. Like, just, yeah, yep. good luck. Good luck. Yeah. 
Historically, yeah. when you burn a bridge with Andy Reid, you don't get another chance. Ask Le'Veon Bell. So it's like Ask Kareem Hunt. Yeah. I mean he he did, but you know, it you know. It is I don't get it. I just simply don't get it. And if God forbid, but if Kadarius Tony makes a stupid ass mistake that costs the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, it's gonna be hard yeah. to blame Kadarius Tony. And- it's gonna be <laughs> It's going to be hard to blame him instead of the fucking organization for playing his dumbass. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like the if a, if a child gets behind the wheel of a car and wrecks it, you don't blame the kid, you know? You blame the parents or whoever is in charge of it there. It's the same type of thing. The, the thing that, uh, and we'll end it here, the thing that concerns me is I've seen he's been taking punt return reps, and I know he has that return last year, but also... Personally, I've been pretty, pretty happy with Richie James's um, performance in that role. And he's looked like a guy I can trust back there. And I don't know what situation you can give me where I'm supposed to tell you that I trust Kadarius Tony to not fuck up. Yeah. Like it, it just, it just, I don't, I don't even, I don't even like the possibility. Maybe you bring him because look, if somebody gets hurt, you know, I mean, Justin Ross, I I think we pretty much know he's terrible. Who was after him? Cornell Powell. That that's maybe the only benefit of him coming is that you you get him before those guys start seeing the field. Yeah, man. I it, it's confusing. I hope he doesn't see the field. I hope he's like a, a game day inactive. I hope they just brought him. I don't even know why they would, but yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like I'm not gonna sit up here and doubt. Andy Reid and this staff because they've proven time and time again that uh, they can figure things out that when times get muddy and uh, things don't look great but this one feels like a straight lost cause that if he plays in this game and he costs you the finger needs to be pointed at the organization for it, it, yep. it's at this point it's damn near the equivalent of sending one of us out there to go catch a pass and it's like you wouldn't blame one of us for fucking up you would be like why the hell did the Chiefs send three unathletic podcasters out there to catch a pass. Like that's I think I could catch a pass. I don't know what you're talking about. Josh, you couldn't catch a pass on me, buddy. Good. It was a joke. Good. I know, I know, but I I'm not gonna take the I'm not gonna miss the chance I just got astray, holy fuck. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna miss the chance to uh, roast you if I have the chance. Okay. Moving on to tight end. This is obviously very close. Um it's probably closer than it's ever been between Kelsey and Kittle just with Kelsey's age. But I mean Travis Kelsey has been playing insane in the postseason, and it's really just hard to ever pick a tight end again uh, over Travis Kelsey, and I mean that historically. Like I don't think there's a tight end in the history of the league I would take over Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's not, there's not one for me. He he is my number one. I will take him over anyone. The fact that a tight end is like passing Jerry Rice on all of these unbreakable postseason like receiving records is just dumb pretty dumb um and I, I i saw some idiot i don't know if you guys saw one of the dumbass nfl network studio shows and some guy said that taylor swift's gonna want to leave travis kelsey once she sees george kittle <laughs> man these guys these people are such a joke like uh, the fact that i have to listen now some of these people talk it just it blows my mind uh, <laughs> stupid yeah i mean it is the, the the discourse Taylor Swift honestly has done a good thing this season for the NFL. It's brought out the absolute 
basement dwelling. Yeah, it showed a, it showed virgin, a lot of people be like, "Oh, losers! You are a loser, bro." It's yeah. like it is ridiculous to the point to what these NFL fans have gotten so butthurt over Taylor Swift being on, and, and like I would say this even if it wasn't the Kansas City Chiefs, like. This is ridiculous. What, like, why the hell? It's just because they hate us, bro. Like, if we were like an eight and nine team, no one would give a shit. You know, they'd be like, "Oh, that's Taylor." It's the fact that we've become the new Patriots, and they just anything we do is just we're the devil, and we can't do anything right. And now Taylor, oh, they're they're panning to her for ten seconds during the game. They pan towards a drunk fan with his shirt off more during the game, and you never have a problem with it. So it, it that discourse is terrible over it. I genuinely, I am genuinely hoping, like, I want the Chiefs to win so badly just so she can be on the field and just piss off everybody else that's being an absolute loser about this situation. Yep, yep, for sure. Now we're going to get into an interesting, uh, two actually interesting position groups, O-line. I think it's fair to say that the Niners have the best O-linemen out of both teams. Uh, Trent Williams comeback player of the year of course um, but I I think when you look at overall offensive line I might just give the nod to Kansas City right now I agree yeah I haven't you know I can't say how in-depth I know the you know the ins and outs of the 49ers offensive line but I can tell you that I've heard that outside of Trent Williams they're kind of a group of traffic cones so I'll take that and also I mean, look, the Chiefs have had their issues. Donovan Smith slash the Wanya Morris combo has been mid at best this year. And then, you know, you have the mess that is the Jawan Taylor situation. But the offensive line as a whole, you know, outside of maybe some un, um, untimed penalties, they've been they haven't cost us games this year. That's for sure. So I, I trust them. I... It will be interesting. Like, if, if Tooney was healthy and for sure playing, it would be a no-brainer I'd pick Kansas City's yep. online. Yep, yep. Um, just the fact that I don't think he plays, I think you have to... It's a pretty... De- it's it's more even than, uh, it, than it would it have been. It definitely is. And yep. I think Creed and Trey Smith are, you know, going to obviously be huge in this game. They're obviously, you know, the force inside now. And then, you know... He's not incapable, but Nick Algaretti isn't necessarily a guy you want starting in the Super Bowl on your offensive line. Uh, he unfortunately had to start in the Tampa Super Bowl on the offensive line. That didn't go too well, but uh, it's hard to put that all on him. That was just a complete train wreck from all five of the guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I think overall, Kansas City, I think they're a tad better on the O-line right now. I think San Francisco has is propped up a lot by Trent Williams, but... I mean, I I think Spags is going to be able to attack some of that some of their weaker points of the offensive line a lot more than uh, San Francisco is going to be able to attack some of the weaker points of Kansas City's offensive line. Yep, I agree. I I, I completely agree. I I think it's I think it's a close matchup, but I think the Chiefs get it done, and I think that the Chiefs will be able to run the ball in this game which might be more of a conversation for when we talk about the defensive line, but I think the O-line has the juice to help them do that. Yeah, we're going to D-line right now. Let's go ahead and head to it. Defensive line. Um, this one's a very interesting one, and it obviously, I think, Charles Amenehue tearing his ACL yep. again changes, yep. changes the discourse. Like, Tooney and Amenehue being out mm-hmm. for this game, I think really changes. I would confidently take the Chiefs D-line 
and O-line if both those guys were healthy. But I think with Amenahue out, there's a lot of question marks on the D-line for uh, Kansas City. But I think it's very similar. Like, I think both Kansas City and San Francisco both have a bona fide superstar on the D-line with Chris Jones and Nick Bosa. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the guys is what's really going to make the difference. I think we have a better number two in George Karloftis than they do. And that's where I personally would make it a difference. Yep. Yeah, I think I think George Karloftis helps a lot. I once again we had the whole Omenahue conversation and how he looked good even before he was back from his suspension this year. So we know that you know the it's not a house of cards with him gone that's just going to topple over. Um, I I like your point about Karloftis. Then I think you even get further down. You've got Mike Dana who has given us a solid year and he's a contract year guy. He is. <laughs> going to be looking for money after this game so good time for him to you know if it being the super bowl isn't enough motivation for you to cook um that there's that as well and then you've also got the depth of uh felix and uzama who hasn't played a lot i think if he is a guy that they're looking to for snaps uh there's going to be a lot of pressure on him i don't i look it's a lot to put on a young rookie like that but you know kind of the the situation calls for it here but Jackson, I agree with you. I think I think outside of the bona fide superstar that each team has, I like the Chiefs just a little bit more. I'm not going to claim to be an expert on the 49ers O-line, but I know that Chase Young has been, you know, largely underwhelming um in defensive tackle wise, they're fine but not amazing. Um I I I'll take the Chiefs. Just as a as a compliment to Chris Jones, I'll give the give the Chiefs a slight edge on this one. I'm very interested to see the D-line battles on both sides because, I mean, like we talked about it, yes, they have their superstar. But, I mean, you guys hit the nail on the – or hit it nail on or whatever. The Chiefs, the I head. feel like – Yeah, nail on the head. We'll go with that. The Chiefs have a way better depth uh, D-line in my opinion. I think we there's always that next man up mentality because there was that next man up mentality for the first six weeks that we didn't – when we didn't have Omenahu, and there was that next man up mentality when we didn't even have Chris Jones. I get we lost that game, but the fact that we sent out week one, uh, no Omenahu and no Jones, and we still should have beat the Lions. I mean, it says something about our D-line. I don't really remember much from the game I had to work. But, I mean, you just have to look at it. You guys kind of talked about it. Felix, I'm not even going to try to say his names. Mike Dana. I mean, hell. Fucking uh, Derek Naughty isn't. I know he was out last game, but shit. I just feel like we have a lot of good guys that can Turk. step up. Turk Wharton. Yeah. My yeah. main, my uh, main uh, concern is not. I feel very confident in the pass rush. I'm worried about the defensive running, stopping the run, is what yeah, I'm more so worried about. Concern. Is getting pushed around on the ground. And with speaking of that, let's get into linebackers. Because uh, that will also be important. Um, I'm curious to hear your guys' opinions on this before I go. Because it's not even close. I'm probably not siding with the Chiefs here. It's not even close. It's the yeah, no. This definitely, and, and it's it's kind of rare that I think a team is like far and away better at the linebacker core than Kansas City. Uh, just because I think this has been a pretty solid year for us at linebacker with Gay, uh, Bolton, Tranquil, yeah. and Chanel. But I mean, like. Dog, they they have the best linebacker in football. Fred Warner is yeah stupid good, and then that it's not even factoring in Dre Greenlaw, who has been yeah an absolute 
<laughs> unit. Uh, he is just insane. Like, that linebacking core, good God, man. It is going to challenge Kansas City really, really hard. I mean, that's the spectacular... Well, that's the thing of a part of the Niners defense that makes them still, like, a scary unit. Um, we've known about Warner and Greenlaw for a while. It's no disrespect to the the uh, the group of Bolton, Gay, Chanel, and even Tranquil, who's been a big contributor this year. But yeah, I mean, you you, you said it yourself. They we we know about Warner. We know about Greenlaw. They're both fantastic, um, and they're they're definitely the the part of the Niners' defense that stands out the most. Yeah, not much needs to be said. Fred Warner was my defensive player of the year back in the preseason, so you know how highly I think of him. Um, this Classic. one's going to be interesting. You guys want to group safeties and corners and just do secondary? Probably. Probably, yeah, just, probably, so. probably just do that. Um, this one's interesting. Like, But for, for once, I think Kansas City has a clear advantage in the secondary over a team in the Super Bowl, which I agree. I have not felt that way really oh, in any first Super time. Bowl. This is first the first time one. I've gone into a Super Bowl feeling like our secondary holds up well against another team's secondary. People forget last year, he gets clowned a lot. James Bradbury was so good last year. Forget the penalty at the end of the game. Like Slay and Bradbury were so damn good last year. Like It felt like we had a bunch of kids out there and they had two dominant corners. And then obviously the first time we played San Francisco... I mean, we were playing Bashad Breland, Rashad Fenton. Rashad Breland got an interception. <laughs> Fenton was literally playing in a two-minute drill to save the game, and he got burned, but Jimmy missed the pass. Like, this is the first one where I feel genuinely confident. I don't think it's ridiculous to say Kansas City has the best secondary in the NFL right now. Like, it genuinely feels that way with how much talent. Nice. Sneed, McDuffie, yeah. Watson, Williams alone, just the corners are Probably the deepest cornerback room in the entire NFL. That's before you factor in the safeties, which, I mean, you made a point about it earlier in the podcast, John. Dion Bush, like the third or fourth string guy, comes in and makes a key interception. Like, basically yeah. the game ceiling interception in the AFC title game. They are just so deep in the secondary. Yeah. It is ridiculous. And, like, you better be against the San Francisco team, like we talked about with Debo and Ayuk and all those weapons. Uh but, man, I feel like Kansas City matches up really, really well secondary-wise, and that's huge because, let's be honest, if you watched either the NFC Championship game or the NFC Divisional game, did Green Bay or Detroit really have any corner that could do anything? Maybe Alexander. No. Maybe Jair Alexander. But outside of that, like, San Francisco basically did whatever the hell they wanted in the passing game. And mm -hmm. Kansas City's going to have an opportunity to stop that. Um I don't know. Maybe I'm feeling a little overconfident in our nope, secondary. No, nope, no. Nope. This is this is where I think outside of Patrick Mahomes, this is where I think the Chiefs win the game. Is these guys right here? Um, we talked a ton, or every every Chiefs fan has talked a ton about how Legarius Sneed is criminally underrated, and they're right. He's an unbelievable player, probably the best DB in the league this year. I really don't have a great time um, arguing with you on anyone else because he. It systematically faced every team's, you know, most productive receiver and brought their numbers down significantly from, you know, what they're usually doing. And that's that's not even to mention the fumble he caused in Baltimore. But at the same time, Justin Reed is fantastic as well. I think no one really you never see someone criticizing Justin Reed, but you also don't see him getting his flowers all that often. So 
I'm going to go ahead and do that right here real quick because you can trust that guy to make you a tackle. You know, he doesn't burn you in the back end all that often. Uh, you know, unlike a certain someone, he likes to get his nose dirty and get his head in there. And then you don't have to hear him tweet 40 insane things uh, <laughs> during the week. And then he gets pissed when you don't pay him more than he's worth and fucks your team out of a compensation pick. So probably one of my favorite safeties to uh, win a Super Bowl with the Chiefs is Justin Reed. Yep. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, whenever you're looking at these, these uh, the secondary, I think it's pretty easy to say that this is probably the best secondary we've had by far. I mean, we've all agreed on that. And whenever you look at San Fran, they've – they haven't been that convincing. We saw in the first half against the Lions. Yes, they, they did have shut down defense in the second half, along with the Lions fucking up. I'm not saying Dan Campbell. I'm talking about the fumble. And then whenever they played the Packers, they went head-to-head with them. I mean, this is going to be their first test for the wide receivers to be going up against some good corners. And I'm very interested to see what happens. Yep. Should be a good one, man. It'll be an interesting one. Uh, last last position we have to go over is just special teams. And again, like this is a position last year I was very, I think all of us were very nervous about the special teams heading into the Super Bowl. It was a rough year for the cheap special teams last year. Uh, this year, it's been a pretty damn good operation. And I think you'd have to give it to Kansas City again. Like I think you saw in the NFC title game, Jake Moody. Both NFC and divisional and NFC title game, the 49ers have missed a field goal. Uh, those three points could loom large against a team like Kansas City for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously not as much in-depth to go about on special teams, but I just think Kansas City probably has the best unit in this game. I agree. Yep. Uh, and you got to, I mean, look, kicking-wise, you trust Butker. Yeah. Uh, Townsend is solid. I have no clue how to grade punters. People say he's one of the best, but also like – What do you mean? You used just... to have the special teams report of the week. Yeah, and the special teams report of the week ended because I realized my my weird love for Tommy Townsend was entirely unwarranted. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I like this unit. And, I mean, the most important things about special teams is that they don't do something that fucks you. Yep, so 100%. Don't try, to return any, don't try to return any kicks. Don't try to – Catch punts that you don't need to catch, and we'll be fine. Yep, hundred percent. And I think a play that we didn't even give, we didn't mention, and I don't think really got mentioned enough is against Baltimore. We're up ten, and we're punting. I believe there was around ten minutes left, maybe a little less than ten minutes left. And just one Townsend punts it, and Justin Watson downs it at the one, and that yep. was just ginormous. It just making them drive the length of the field in that situation was a huge play that really didn't get talked about, but was ginormous. It made them burn so much more clock than it would have, even if it was just a touchback. Like it, the difference yep. of having to operate out of your own end zone versus operating at the 20 is completely different. And that, I don't feel like that play got enough credit and it's, it's shit like that. That is going to make a difference in the Super Bowl. Yep. Absolutely. And it, it, it completely can. So we've gone through each position. Chiefs, uh, the the line is currently one and a half San Francisco. Was two for a very long time. Uh, I don't expect this to ever get to even. I think this will probably either be San Francisco 
anywhere from San Francisco minus one to minus two by kickoff. And we've all established well that we are on the chief side of this. We'll give a uh, score prediction after we go over. Actually, we can just go ahead and give a score prediction now. We'll do the prop bets after the score prediction. Who wants to go first? I'm going to stick to my score from last week, 31-20 Chiefs. What the fuck did I say the score was? 31-23? Um, yeah, I maybe maybe higher scoring than it actually will be. Uh, but you never know at the same time. I could see this being more, a little more like the Bills game than the Ravens game, mainly because I think the Bills defense, or sorry, I think the Niners offense is a little better than the Ravens offense, and I think the Niners defense is a little worse than the Ravens defense. Um, so we'll see, man. But I, I, I'm if I had to say, I would say 31-23 is leaning on higher scoring than I'd expect. I think you said 31-17 last week. but 31-17, we'll go there. Amazing. That was Josh's might pick. Be, well, Josh said 31-20 last week, and you got pissed because you wanted that score. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, 31-17 is Josh's preseason Niners beat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Which, I, uh, by the way, Josh, please just put like a penny on that or something. So, I did, okay. I did. Okay, and and we hope it doesn't hit, but if it does, at least you have something. Um, yeah, and I think my score prediction last week was Chiefs 21-16. I'm going to up it to, I'm just going to go straight up Chiefs 24-17. I just, I think it's about a touchdown game. I think it's decided late. If I had to do it, I'll just call my shot now. The Chiefs will be up 21-17. They will have the football and they will drive. They will stall in the red zone. I know. Who could predict the Chiefs stalling in the red zone? They will kick a field goal, go up seven. The defense will have to get a stop, and they will. That's how I see this one going down. Calling the shot now. All right. will, will I even be close? Probably not, but, 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 I'm calling my shot. Gotta take it. Gotta call a shot. Okay, let's get into the Super Bowl prop bets now. Obviously, the most important part of today's show. Let's start with some actual games, um, some game props. Starting with opening kickoff result. Touchback is minus 320. Nope. I'm taking a return. I think like it's been returned in some of like, the last nine Super Bowls. You can get on Bet365, you can get a return plus 360 on FanDuel plus 235. So Bet365 is really giving you good odds on someone returning a touchback. John? What are the, what are we, sorry. Uh... <laughs> Classic. Uh, touchback on the opening kickoff. Minus 320, touchback, no oh. touchback on the opening kickoff, plus 360. Uh, fuck it. No touchback. They're taking it back. <laughs> All right. Uh, first score of the game for Kansas City. Touchdown is plus 195, field goal is plus 380, and safety is plus 5,000. <laughs> I feel like they had to put safety in just because of the Broncos. Seahawks Broncos. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll go field goal, a, plus 380. Gonna, give me a touchdown. Give me a punt. That's no, not that's, an option. First drive of the game. No, it's Chiefs' first score. Safety. (laughs) Bro, I I saw some shit the other day about that Bronco Seahawks game, and some dude bet $220,000 on there not being a safety in that game. First play of the game, safety. I would have lost my shit, bro. Holy cow. At least it happened early in the game. Yeah, for real. All right, let's see 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 another one that we can go in on. 
All right, we got to do it. Gatorade color. This is always a classic. Um, yes, it is. We have no Gatorade bath at plus 160. That's No. Lead. Nobody take that. We have purple at plus 275, which is the leading color. Blue at plus 450. Yellow, green, and lime are all categorized together at plus 425. Orange is plus 350. Red and pink, plus 350. And then clear slash water, plus 1,200. Give me orange. Orange, baby. When the Chiefs beat the Niners in the Super Bowl back in Super Bowl 54, it was orange. Just, just, just... Just pointing it out. Back. I'm pretty sure we did purple last year. Did we? I, I, I'm forgetting the color we did last year. I will go with. Was there even a Gatorade bath? Yeah, yes. there had to be. Yeah, they had to have. I'm gonna go with red slash pink this year. I just think statistically, you got two red teams: the the Chiefs and Niners. The odds of it being red, I feel like, are decently high. Here's one with identical odds. Who will win the coin toss? Chiefs and Niners both plus 100. 49ers. Chiefs get the Chiefs. ball first. Chiefs. Here's a fun one. Uh, you know what I want to bet on is the 49ers win the toss and for some reason take the ball. That would be interesting. That would be... If the Chiefs win the toss, they're deferring. If the Niners win the toss, I bet they defer as well. Yeah, I would bet they would too. And also, oh my god, this reminds me, the Ravens game, the Chiefs deferred, and Tony and Jim were like, I'm really confused by the decision of the Chiefs to put the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands, and then they literally went three and out immediately. The only time time you ever, if you win the coin toss, the only time you ever take it, and I stand by this, is if you're a big road dog, and you want to get the ball first and get out on front. And Green Bay did it twice. Because, think about it. Green Bay at Dallas, they elected to receive. They go down the field and they score a touchdown. Prescott was tight immediately after that. Like, I don't know if Prescott takes the field in a 0-0 game if he's as tight. But he falls behind early and it's a different story. And then the next week, Green Bay got the ball start against San Francisco, drove down the field, uh, and they had like a seven-minute drive against San Francisco that ended in points. And, you know, obviously the conditions weren't great, but Purdy was a little tight as well. Obviously, this is a completely different situation, but like, I think if you're a big dog on the road, getting the ball first and going down and scoring, I understand that. But if you're in a game like this, yeah, obviously defer. Yep, I agree. Will Travis Kelsey propose to Taylor Swift? No. no. Yes, plus, (laughs) yes, it's plus 1060. No is minus 3000. Yeah, not a good bet to take, but I'm gonna go no. Yeah. Um, bonus points if after they after they uh, get engaged, Taylor Swift endorses Joe Biden because I saw somebody on Twitter saying that the NFL's rigged this whole season for it to be a big Joe Biden ad. So I saw that, that would be as funny. Well. Hell, at this point, I feel like Taylor Swift could beat Joe Biden in an election. <laughs> the Swifties are gonna come out. And <laughs> they're they're not one to mess with, man. The uh, President Swift yeah. coming soon. Uh, I uh, think if Taylor Swift wanted to be the president, she definitely could be. But I am hoping that she doesn't want that fucking madness for herself. (laughs) I I don't think anybody would want that for her. Um, National Anthem. 
over or under 84 and a half seconds. Oh, excuse Josh me. That was the, the opening over. odds. That was the opening odds. The current totals are 90 and a half. Ooh. Over, yeah, is, uh, big on over is plus 102. Under is minus 128. I think I have it at like 85. I bet on this. Okay. I have the over. So you got it at 85. Fuck it. I'll take over. I'll take over. We're going we're gonna to really, really be slow here. Yeah. I mean, Dude, I can this, see it. If it's the under, if it's the under... This would be the fastest national anthem since, like, 1970. Yeah, and she's not, like, a singer that really I could envision doing it that quickly. No, she actually is known very, to do it very quickly. Really? That's yeah, why that's it's cool. Her voice she's not to like me, a... her voice to me just doesn't sound like it. Like, I don't know. I've Granted, I've never seen her do the national anthem, but when I've heard her sing, I don't get the vibe that she's going to speed run this. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, all right. Usher, halftime. Over eight and a half songs or under eight and a half songs? Under. Over. I'm going to be honest. Fuck you, Josh. Over. Maybe this just says enough about me. I don't know if I know nine Usher songs off the top of my head. Um, I might have to go under. DJ's got us falling in love again. Just, I'm going to be bumping this, to this that. Is not, this is not posted on here, um, but we could do uh, first uh, first song played at the Super Bowl halftime. All three of us have to pick a different one. DJ got us falling in love again. Okay, so John Don, John's big on DJ's got us falling in love again. Josh, his baby tonight. I'm gonna Wait, be losing my song? shit. Josh, you, you gotta pick Minecraft, a different song. You know that song's a banger. Yeah. Go uh, mine, mine, mine. <laughs> Usher. Usher. Back in... So which song? Oh man. So which song are you? All right, all right, all right. What song is it, dickhead? I don't know, dickface. Is it yeah? <laughs> Are you singing yeah right now? I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, apologies to any headphone users. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. It might be just baby tonight, aka John's song. That's called DJ's Got Us Fallen in Love. Or just called uh, Fallen in Love. I can't even remember if it's it's one of the two. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah that's a, that's not a bad one. That that is Probably what I would have gone with if you didn't go with it. Ah, man. This is... I'm torn between... I feel like he could do Oh My God. Everyone... Oh my... Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I did it again, so I'm a little beat. But I'm going to go with more. If you really want more... Oh, you know singing up louder. Get on the floor. I'm telling you. It's coming out. It's going to happen. Uh, oh, I thought you... Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go, go. With, I'm gonna go with it. It's that's just my he'll play it at some point. He has to. I'm going with more. Uh you've probably heard it in the club before, Josh. You probably just have no idea. It's Usher. It's a pretty popular club song. But yeah. Um I don't know why you're uh, saying I'm going to the club all the time. I don't know where those rumors are coming from. Do you from. go out to the bars or not? I mean, damn. It's just I'm not putting you on blast. You're damn near 22 years old. You can go out to the bars. I'm an Josh. innocent. I'm an innocent kid. You can go out to the bars, Josh. You know, nothing, no, nothing wrong with it. You know, we're we're all of legal age now. Um, will there? We're going to go back to some actual game props now. Will any quarter be scoreless? Yes, please. Plus 360. No, minus 500. I'm going to say no. Back in 2019 slash 2020, when this game was played. I believe there was a scoreless quarter, was there not? I don't know. I don't know about that. I feel like there wasn't. 
I'm Googling it right now. Maybe I... the third quarter, but that's the only one it could have been, no? Um, okay, no, there wasn't. I was wrong. Yeah, I didn't uh, think so. Both teams, it was 10-10 at half. I didn't, I couldn't remember if they yeah. yeah, there wasn't. Um, but in the second half of that game, Kansas City didn't score a point in the third quarter. San Francisco didn't score a point in the fourth quarter. So I doubt that happens again, but we will see. I don't know where the hell Josh just went. He'll probably be back. Um, either team to score a touchdown on their opening drive, plus 116. Yes, Chiefs, baby. Chiefs. We scored a touchdown on the opening drive uh, a couple times this postseason. No. We did against twice. Miami. We did against and Baltimore. Baltimore, yeah. This one yep. honestly might be my favorite. Oh, never mind. It says both. Okay, but I'm still gonna say both teams to convert a fourth down. Yes, is plus two ninety. Ooh, there's some value there. I originally there's thought it said. I, originally, value. I thought it said eight one team to convert a fourth down, and I was like, "Holy shit, that is free!" But no, yeah, both teams have to convert one fourth down. Yeah, I I think plus two ninety isn't bad there. I wonder what both teams to attempt a fourth down is. I feel like that's got to be like near even, no? Probably like minus two hundred. Because think about it, at the end of the game, one team's gonna be desperate. You're just hoping the other team bef- that's winning that's one for a fourth down before. Oh, we yep, have line movement, point. boys. That's a good point. We have line movement on Fanduel. The Chiefs have just gotten up to plus two and a half. Oh, the line. I has- love it. Line has moved. If that gets to plus three, bro, the cas- the casual sports fan is going to hammer that damn line. And I don't blame them, bro. I- I'm going to hammer that damn line if it gets to plus three. Let's see. Uh, it's loading right now. I'm trying to find more bets. I have no idea what the odds are, but Rob Gronkowski to make the kick. <laughs> it's going to be rigged. Oh, no. Yeah, it is hella rigged. People betting on that, bro. I... <laughs> if you bet on that, that's that's bad. Here are all the odds, or I'll give just some odds for Super Bowl MVP, not named Patrick Mahomes or Brock Purdy. Dude, that's I'm it. telling you, I love Travis Kelsey. If the 49ers win, it's CMC. I'm like, it will be Brock Purdy. I know that for a fact. I don't know. Who is the last the last team to win Super Bowl? And not have Julian been, Edelman. Yeah, it's Edelman. Yeah, that was the last team to win a Super Bowl and not have it be Super Bowl MVP. Um, I hate my life. <laughs> it's okay, John. McCaffrey's plus four forty or plus yeah yeah. Uh, Kelsey's plus seventeen hundred. Debo plus twenty five hundred. Pacheco plus thirty five hundred. Ayuk plus five thousand. Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton is plus six. <laughs> Nick Bolton. <laughs> Nick Bolton has worse odds than Jarek McKinnon, who's probably not even going to play in the damn game. Let's go, bro. Nick Bolton's going to be like, man, I should have had that shit last year. I'm definitely getting it this year. I tried to find the Trent Williams has the worst odds of any player to win Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Well, once again, we already know when Trent Williams does enough to earn a reward, they give it to pussies. So (laughs) everyone bitching about how Joe Flacco should have the comeback player of the year when nobody batted an eye when we fucked Trent Williams out of it. Just to give it to Alex Smith. Who also <sighs> probably deserved it. Whatever. I mean, he, he he Alex Smith came back and actually fucking played, like, legitimate games. He deserved to be at least recognized. <laughs> okay, we can't, it, also can't be, it also can't be on him. 
even if Smith didn't come back, I think Alex, or I still think Trent Williams doesn't get the award. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. yeah look. I know he doesn't, Josh. Shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to make sure you weren't actually thinking. Coin toss. Yeah, I know. Coin toss. Heads or tails. Heads. I mean, tails, tails never fails. So I'm going tails. Obviously, okay. I did that last year and I lost ten bucks. So. <laughs> <laughs> you put 10 bucks on tails place money on the tails never never fails doctrine that's exactly that's what i did oh boy josh oh boy jersey number of first touchdown score will it be over 19 and a half or under 19 and a half ooh. Uh, so this ooh, is over. Think, think about players under debo's under Ayuk's under Ayuk's under you're betting on Travis Kelsey or George Pacheco's Kittle. Pacheco's under. Um, if you're betting over, you're betting on McCaffrey or Kelsey, really. Or Kittle. Purdy, 13. I mean, if you get QB sneak in there. Uh, he, 19 and a half. Purdy showed off some legs last week. I mean, or against Detroit. Listen, you said 19 and a half. 19 and a half. Isn't Purdy 13? Oh, I thought we were talking about the over. The jersey number over under nineteen and a half. I'm talking about guys that are under. You've got Pacheco, uh, Purdy, Ayuk, Debo. Um, there's got to be someone on Kansas City. I'm not thinking McKinnon if he plays in the game. Um, is she right? T- Tony, <laughs> it's nineteen, so he would technically count. Uh, yeah, I'm going over though. I'm going over on that. McCaffrey and Kelsey on the over just seems too easy. Um, looking around might be coming to our end of this shortest touchdown scored over under one and a half yards under no over over is plus 124 under is minus 152 i'm going over this will be the last Um, one oh go ahead john i'll go under this will be the last one we do because I'm kind of milking this at this point, but I just absolutely love Super Bowl prop bets. Total individual touchdown scores. Over or under four and a half. Overs plus 105. I feel like this is under, bro. Like, I feel like... I was going to say, it might be under. I feel like McCaffrey... I mean, San Francisco, McCaffrey probably gets a couple. <laughs> like, I, he's going to steal that away, but like... Mm. Yeah, I'm going under, man. I'm going under. I'll go over. So you think five different players score a touchdown? Fuck it. Why not? Yeah. Last play of the game to be a QB Neal, minus 200. Nope. So plus 158. I'm trying to think. Last year, it definitely wasn't. The year. That means. The year that the Rams or, won, it was. The year that we lost to we, Tampa, we it was. The year that Whenever the, we won, the year we beat San Francisco was not. If you remember, we threw the ball out of bounds. Mahomes, yeah, so it's an interesting one. Um, but yeah, obviously a lot more. If you guys want to, anybody listening wants to go dive into it, go ahead. We went through a good amount of them. Um, obviously, we've gone over an hour now of Super Bowl content. So let's move on to the Royals, who inked Bobby Witt Jr. to a. 11-year, up to 14-year contract uh, extension worth could be up to 300 and, was it, 70 million? Uh, yeah. At, le- at least we'll pay him 288 million if he decides not to opt out. He has opt-outs and after the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th year, and he has a no-trade clause in the contract. 
man, this was like super exciting. It was just super exciting for me. Like I could not believe it. I feel like we had all kind of embraced ourselves for we were going to lose this guy and it was going to suck and it was just going to be a repeat of what happened with the last core. I'm, I'm maybe I'm just delusional. Maybe I'm just in like the honeymoon phase of this thing, but like I am feeling really, really good about the state of the organization as we sit here today. You're trying to get delusional. <laughs> I am. I, I don't. I don't think there's any reason to not be. total at seventy. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I mean, look, the one nice, the nicest thing is that you had the rain cloud over your head that you weren't going to be able to extend Bobby Wood Jr. and that's gone entirely. So we got to at least be happy about that one. Um, because end of the day, man, that, that, if we were sucky this year and he still wasn't locked up as a Royal, that would be shit. So, um, at the end of the day, I mean, I think this at least saves this season from being an absolute disaster because in the event that these signings don't convert wins, at least we know that our perennial MVP candidate isn't just going to walk in a couple of years. And John, or not John, uh, Josh, excuse me, to your point about the win total being, what, was it 70 and a half? I feel like it's higher than that. 73 and a half. 73 and a half. You do realize if they got to 73 wins, that would be a 16 game, or I forgot how many wins they had last year. It would be like a 16 or 17 game improvement from last year, which obviously like last year was a disaster, but still like, look, they went out, spent over $100 million in free agency, and then just signed a guy to what, if the contract is played out, is the third richest contract in baseball history behind Trout and Otani. Like, you are... This is a new day. This is a new era of Kansas City baseball. Like, this is... Who knows if it pays off? Who knows if they win? Who knows if they ever, you know, turn this thing around? Who knows if Pacoyo is ever worth anything? But the financial commitment is what we have begged this organization for our entire yes, lives. Yes, and I was going to get to that. Our entire fan, like the entire time of being fans of this team, we have begged them to make financial, you know, investments into the team. And they did it. They did it this offseason. They actively went out and got better. And then they locked up their young franchise superstar. I don't know how you can't feel good right now if you're a Royals fan. Am I saying by any means of the imagination... That it's all, you know, we're going to be a contender all of a sudden. That we're going to, you know, compete for a World Series. Absolutely not. Hell no. We still have lots of work to do. Uh, but, man, it just go back 70, 80 days ago. Nine, go back to November 1st. How gloom and doom it felt as a Royals fan. Versus today. It's, it's, they've had a fantastic offseason. And I'm just really excited about the direction of the organization. Yeah. You don't sound too happy. Like, I feel like you should feel happy about that. Well, because, dude, everyone we signed is a fucking one-year deal other than, what, fucking Seth Lugo? No, he's a one-year deal, too. No, he's not. A he's, potential. A, he's a three-year. Potential. He opt out after two. Okay, everyone else we signed is one year. If we suck, we're right back to square A. I mean, you're like, not right back to square A, though, because... If we suck and they're good, you just flip them at the deadline for for talent, and you might feel like that's worthless. We've been but doing this for fucking years. Look what we did last year. We flipped the fucking thirty six year old reliever for Cole Reagans, who won Pitcher of the Month in August. Like he's 
an absolute beast, and he's projected to be at the top of the rotation. Like, okay, you can't let Dayton's you can't let Dayton's past failures scare you from the process of going forward. Oh, they fucking are. <laughs> this is a new regime, and they might not win. They might not do well, but they're trying things that the previous regime didn't. They're doing things that the previous regime, the previous ownership family, wouldn't do. I don't know, John. Like, am I crazy right now? No, I don't think you're crazy. I I think that you guys have a I think the argument you guys are having is just based on um a, a difference in expectations. Um I I think Josh is expecting the Royals to actually become contenders. No, where you are more I'm not. hoping I'm just saying I don't want people to be thinking like we're changing. Yes, I love we are changing contract. We are changing. I will say this. We are putting more money than we ever have into this franchise, which is great. And that's what we always said. If they're moving, put money in the team. Fucking John bitched at John Sherman. He said, if you're going to move stadiums, you better put money in the fucking team. And John probably, or John Sherman probably shit his pants when John was fucking yelling at him. <laughs> and without John, Bobby this never happens. Doesn't have an extension. This never yeah, happens. Without John, Thank you, Bobby John. Bobby Wood Jr. doesn't have an extension. Yeah, so, you're welcome, everybody. I appreciate that. But with all this being said, I need to see something on the fucking field. Like, stop old, signing these old fucks unless they're fucking good. I want to sign some young fucks that are in the free agency for the first time. I didn't give them a big-ass contract and take a risk. Fuck it. We lock, why the fuck are we signing all these fucking old guys? And, yes, they are all – they all used to be all-stars. They, there's good potential in them. But, dude, if we go, like you said, if we get 70 wins, we're going to be happy, and we trade them for probably fucking nobody prospects because Cole Reagans is a once-in-a-million – is a once-in-a-blue-moon kind of guy. Don't get me wrong. We fucking fleece the shit out of the Rangers. But with that being said, it's hard to trust the Royals because this past seven years or however fucking long it's been, what, eight years, has been fucking dog shit. It has, but think about it. The previous, the the 29-year stretch between the 85 World Series and the 14 run that they went on was terrible as well. Eventually, these things are just due to come to an end. Eventually... It's a yeah. different generation. It's In different 22 people. 22 years. Josh, Josh, look, you are being extremely pessimistic, and I get it. We're typically pessimistic about the Royals on here, but that's because they don't do shit. They sign stupid-ass uh, free agents that never amount to nothing because they're signing a bunch of old, washed-up veterans to two-year, con $2 million contracts. This is different. This is different. And look, yes. if it fails, if they still aren't good this year, I can at least applaud them for going out and attempting. Whereas last year, they were terrible, and you knew from opening pitch they were going to be dreadful because they made no effort in the offseason to do anything to improve the team other than signing Jordan Pissing Lyles and Aroldis Chapman. I mean, just like, at least give it a chance. If it doesn't work, I'm giving it a it chance. Doesn't Don't work. get me wrong. But, like, I, I, at least be a little excited, man, because look. You're in a division that's by far the worst division in baseball. It's not even close. The AL Central blows. If there's ever a division that you could hang around in and potentially get second in, you know, or maybe if things like if everything went right, get first in, it's the AL Central, man. Last year, the AL Central produced more 100-game losers than it did teams with winning records. And, of course, we were a part of that. The White Sox are terrible. The Guardians made no effort this offseason to get better. The Twins really traded away talent more than acquired talent, getting rid of Jorge Polanco in the last week. And then 
the Tigers are kind of stuck with some bad contracts with Javi Baez. Like, the Royals were the one team in this division that went out and made a commitment this offseason to go for it. I, I, I respect it, at least. You know, it might fail. But I respect the attempt, and I respect that they're putting their financial... They're putting financial... Uh, they're, they're putting money on the table, I guess is what I'm trying to say. They're actually going out. If they suck this year, we can't criticize them for being cheap. We can criticize them for making bad decisions with their money, but we can't criticize them for being cheap. Yes. Um, this is interesting. <laughs> Adam Schefter just tweeted this. I need someone to tell me what the hell this means. Uh, I don't get it. So you've read it too. Yeah. I, I, I also read another quote. They said it was a joke. Okay, but Adam Schefter tweeted, regarding Sunday's Super Bowl 58 matchup, CBS Sports Chairman Sean McManus quipped, quote, the NFL has alerted us that for the first time ever, we will have a double overtime game in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and it would be the second time ever having a fucking overtime. What the hell does that even mean? It's a joke. Uh, I don't know why Adam Schefter's tweeting that. Whatever. Uh, if this game goes to double overtime, I will have a heart attack by the end of the first overtime, so that I won't be there to watch the second one. But yeah, that's uh, cue the cue the script writers. Uh, apparently, we have a double overtime game planned. All right, anything else you guys want to talk about? Do we just want to not talk about what everyone? I'm good. <laughs> we can just go straight to D Ford because I don't want to. John, you're probably going to talk about it in your D Ford. Go ahead, John. Oh shit! I'm going to be honest, man. I don't know what it's supposed to be. Mizzou basketball. <laughs> yeah. Mizzou basketball. Yeah. Mizzou basketball. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot. We lost a fucking Vanderbilt. I'm going to go Dennis Gates. Um, Oh no. Yeah, I am dude. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going with it. I think I've rationalized it. I am full fraudist. Um, I think he's trash. I think he can't really coach. Um, I, I don't think it's ever acceptable to have a team this shit. I wanted to be clear, man. My expectations were not for us to make the tournament or for us to even be good, but my expectations were also for us to not be the worst team ever. Um, and I, we are. We're just we're bad. We're worse than Kim Anderson era. Um, you should never be that bad. No amount of you know unforeseen circumstances with the transfer portal or only having to work with the guys Conzo Martin left you excuses you from being this terrible. It's so bad. It's unwatchable. We got throttled by Arkansas in the midst of whatever it is that's going on over there. I'm not going to comment on whatever it is because clearly it's a it's a hellhole in terms of rumors. But clearly shit has gone down at Arkansas in the last week. And they made us look silly. And then went to LSU and LSU made them look silly. We lost to Vanderbilt. I, I don't know, man. The, the, the fact of the matter is Mizzou cannot play offense. They have they have a garbage team, okay? No good players, and they shoot more threes than anyone else. And honestly, at a certain point, I know I last week praised uh, sticking to your philosophy no matter what, but man, at a certain point, I can only take Noah Carter and Nick Honor throwing shit up at the backboard so much. It it blows my mind. Um, I don't know, man. I you take a look over at similar teams that you know made good hires. I'll point to one: Kansas State. Yeah. Uh, they, he was not given much to work with, um, and he has managed to not completely implode into the biggest joke in the entire country. Um, I don't know, man. Dennis, he literally, we have to be damn good next year, or I'm done. I don't even care. I don't give a shit about the recruits. 
nothing. This is so poor. Because I, dude, I'd rather have low variance, just a nice mid-basketball team that sometimes makes the tournament and sometimes doesn't, than this team, than sometimes turn into the worst team ever. Like, how is this happening? They're so bad. It's just, it's terrible. It's terrible. Let me, I don't know if you guys read my tweet, but let me read you off the list of Division One teams without a conference win this year, so far. Pacific. Whatever the, I don't even know what conference they're in. Mississippi Valley State, Detroit Mercy, who's 0-24, by the way, on the season. Hampton, Cal Poly, DePaul, and then Mizzou. Mizzou is the only, the only, I guess you could put, is the Big East Power 5. I wouldn't consider the Big East. Yeah, you know, whatever. I, I consider, I don't really consider them Power 5. Mizzou is really the only Power 5 team that doesn't have a conference win in the whole country. It is dreadful. It is terrible. And, you know, John, to your point, they did get dog-walked by Arkansas. But most of these other games, they're losing by, like, less than 10, which is even more frustrating. It's like, how the hell do you consistently lose by, like, 5 to 8 points every single game? It's ridiculous. You'd think eventually you'd win one. Um, But, yeah, you're right. I mean, next year is obviously... They've got to be good next year. And they better not rely on the recruiting class alone. They better not rely on that damn thing alone. Because a bunch of freshmen coming out of high school, if you're putting your career at stake for that, (laughs) you better hit the damn portal this offseason. You better hit it well. Because you absolutely blundered the portal last year. And look, there are going to be misses inevitably in the portal. But when you miss on everything, I'll give them credit. Tamar Bates is not a miss. Tamar Bates is good. Um, And I'll also give them credit in the fact that like there's been some unforeseen circumstances you can't really do anything about, such as uh, Tanjay being out for the season, Caleb Grill missing significant time, um, Caleb Brown getting hurt at the beginning of the season. Like There's things like that that you can't really control yourself. Obviously, injuries happen, but yeah, man. I mean, it's a really bad product, and just looking at the schedule, I'm just not sure they do win an SEC game this year, which, I mean, is insane. If they go 0-18, I mean... Even the worst Mizzou team, the Kim Anderson Mizzou, the last year he was here, that Mizzou team won multiple SEC games. It is so bad. I I just don't know where the SEC win comes in. Because listen, A&M, I doubt it. Mississippi State, I doubt it. At Ole Miss, no way. Tennessee, absolutely not. At Arkansas, no. At Florida, hell no. Ole Miss at home, hell no. Number 12 Auburn at home, hell no. At LSU, probably not. Like... <laughs> Vanderbilt might have been the only chance. Yeah, we're fucked. Yep. It's bad. It's really, really bad, and we should have known when they lost to Jackson Jacksonville State that this was going to be a really brutal and rough year. Um, but then, like, what's weird is, like, they won a road game at Minnesota. They beat Pittsburgh, which weren't terrible wins. Um, and then, like, say what you want, they competed against Kansas for a good amount of that game at Allen Fieldhouse. It just feels like nothing's gone right since that day, though. You get beat by Seton Hall, dog-walked by Illinois, and then you've lost nine games in a row in the SEC. Josh, what's your D4 of the week? My D4 of the week is... Mm, I don't have one. All right. All right. Way to go. Mine... (laughs) Mine is probably going to run. Oh, no, it's the Sacramento Kings. Sorry. They were dog shit yesterday. Fucking allowed 23 threes. What the fuck? I've never seen that shit before. 
Yeah, and they cost me money. Sorry, Alvy. Hey, yeah, happens. thanks a lot. Hey, don't bet on the NBA. Too many stars take games off, and people don't care about the regular season. I'm done with the. I'm done betting on the NBA. It just pisses me off. Um, yeah, I was gonna make my D four of the week the Washington Commanders. Dan Quinn, really? That's that's the hire. Like you saw him give up 48 points to a quarterback in Jordan Love making his first playoff start, and you were like, "Gotta have that. That that's a culture setter right there." Like what the piss? And look, I know you wanted Ben Johnson. But you probably shouldn't have put your entire everything into getting Ben Johnson when you didn't know if he even wanted to be there. Uh, and then Ben Johnson ultimately turns you down to stay in Detroit as the OC. And then you're just like, well, shit, all the coaches were taken off the market. And even then, like, you're telling me you'd take Dan Quinn over Mike Vrabel? Very, very poor decision in my opinion. I don't really have too much criticism over anybody's offseason decision at head coach. Not for the most part. Most teams made decent hires. But Dan Quinn, man, oh my god, they're, they're going to be right back to needing another head coach in two years. Like he's, I don't get it, I don't get it, and I was, you know, kind of hoping this new Washington Commanders ownership group and general manager would actually not be a complete dumbass and, you know, a complete waste of, you know, just a failure like the previous regime had been, but it, I gotta be honest, it's looking like it. Dan Quinn, man, I, I, I don't know. I, I, do you guys you guys like the hire? Like I haven't no. seen anybody who likes the hire yet. Nah. Vrabel was right there. Was right sitting right there. Could have just hired Mike Vrabel. It's crazy to me that Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick neither of them have a job as a head coach. I kind of get Belichick. He's at the end of his career. He's in his seventies. You know his time's kind of you know run. But <laughs> Vrabel, man, I can't believe Vrabel didn't get a job. That that is insane to me. Yeah, well, all right. Yeah, uh, Dan Quinn over Vrabel is ridiculous. It, it it makes little to no sense. And and on top of it, Washington, uh, Dan Quinn announced is not going to bring back Eric Bieniemy on the staff at all. So there's, I guess, potential Eric Bieniemy could come back to Kansas City next season, uh, with Cliff Kingsbury becoming the OC in Washington and Bieniemy not really having anywhere to go. Um, what a what a failure that ended up being. Tried to go to Washington to prove he's a head coach and just got stuck under the most incompetent bullshit under Ron Rivera. Yep. I'd take him Big back. Time. I'd take him back. No problem. <laughs> but uh, that'll be a conversation for another day. We've still got a Super Bowl to win this year. Appreciate everybody for listening. Make sure you tune in next week for what will either be the most depressing or most exciting podcast of 2024. Peace out.